0: Welcome to Conversations About Life.
1: Hey, welcome to Conversations About Life. I'm your co-host, Ellie jackson Um, I'm here with my siblings, Billy and Jenny and Gracie. And so collectively, we, we represent half of... Jackson the siblings, um, so maybe we can just go around and give our name and our current living situation and like a very very brief life update before we kind of dive into what it was like growing up together and uh, and our story as a family so yeah.
2: I go first go ahead all right mm-hmm. my name is William Roy Jackson the Fourth I go by Billy and um, I have a son named William Roy Jackson the mm-hmm. fifth. and we live so, uh, I also have Three other children. I <laughs> have <my> four children. <laughs> I wonder which one's your favorite. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, we now live in South Texas. I'm married to Sarah, my wife, and we have four kids, um, ages seven to one. And we work at a Bible college that's all in Spanish.
3: hmm
2: Any? No. Okay. That's
3: okay. Good. I'm Gracie, and I... Don't do much of anything right now. Um, um, right now, I am currently at home and I enjoy sports. I enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy nature. I enjoy art and I enjoy my family.
1: And how old are you? I'm
3: 19. That's all right. Okay, second youngest. So yes. Hello, I am
0: Jennifer Pendle and I am the third of the Jackson kids. I'm 27 now, and I'm married to Benjamin, and we live in North St. Louis County. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: nice.
2: I just said I was, I'm the first of the yeah, Jackson siblings. Yeah. Gracie, right. what your number? I'm seven. seven. Okay.
1: Yep. And uh, I'm number four. I'm smack dab in the middle. Uh, my name is, is Ellie. I've been on the podcast. I think we've all been on the podcast before. But I'm married right now. I live down the street from uh, mom and dad, and have. Two little children, an almost three-year-old, and an almost four-month-old um, that keep me busy. So, yeah. Um, maybe uh, to begin, we can talk about our church life experience and when we all came to the Lord. Because right now we're all professing faith, and um, I think that's kind of an important part of our family culture. Definitely.
2: Who wants well, to start?
0: Um, I, I can start that one. Yeah. Um, I was saved at a very young age. I do not remember exactly what age I was, and I didn't realize that I should probably tell someone. Um, So actually, nobody really knows. I think I was about five years old. We always did family worship growing up, which was we met in the morning times to read the Bible and usually sing a song or two. And Dad would teach us a little bit about um, the Bible passage that we went over. And I remember um, one morning, I don't remember exactly um, what dad talked about, but I remember it was impactful for me that God had made me and that um, I was his child and that I should live for him. So I went downstairs in my room, and I just prayed and asked God to um, let me live for him if I'm his child, and he created me. And so from that point on, um, I did notice a a difference. I, I didn't understand you know, maybe a lot of uh, theology and everything that goes along with that, but it was a very simple childlike faith of just living for God. And I remember um, my heart felt very light, I guess is a good way of putting it. I felt very happy. I remember i um, going upstairs and just cleaning, which I love to clean. <laughs> so I don't know if that started at that point or what, but that was my little expression of what it felt like on the inside, wanting to show on the outside. So yeah, that's uh that's my story.
1: You could go chronologically. Cause I'm pretty sure you were saved, um, first and then you, you were probably the next sibling who came to faith.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, before I, you, uh,
1: yes, def- mm. I was saved when I was about 14. Um,
2: Twenty ten, hmm. okay. Well, maybe I maybe I haven't shared with you my whole testimony uh, completely. Then
1: okay, <laughs> I, I thought you were saved like shortly before me, but uh, maybe oh, maybe not. so. How, I think how, it was how much shortly. is the age difference between uh, us?
2: Six years. Ah, uh, yeah. Then yep, yep. That makes sense. Um, yeah, uh, Jenny. I wanted to ask: Do you remember switching from uh, switching churches? I think you would have been I eight, do. Right? I was
0: very upset. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, I wasn't very happy either. <laughs> we, because you mentioned that. Uh-huh. Should we talk about that next? We
1: went from a large, you know, couple thousand or a few thousand um, people church to little tiny, probably a hundred people going at the time. I remember when we moved, I was about six and I was blown away that there was only one drinking fountain. Like, what? <laughs> the other church had like a drinking fountain around every corner. I was like, are you kidding? There's one? <laughs> hey, but now, now we have two. So
2: we're we, really moving up. <laughs> we went from having like this giant, uh, like Awanas right. program and Victory Street. Tons and of friends. Tons of kids. Well, I didn't have very many friends actually. <laughs> I was kind of, a, I, did. I was kind of. You were popular though. No, no, I wasn't popular
3: later not on. at that, that point at <laughs> when I, I came around <laughs> was right a church before. that happened
2: after i was like i had like there's like what 60 to 100 kids and i had like one friend mm-hmm. <laughs> but then we switched to rockport and um my sunday school class was out in the trailer
0: yeah <laughs> <It's>
1: nostalgic <laughs> and then
2: everyone became my friend that was really weird how that changed okay so let's not get derailed too much um so I prayed the sinner's prayer at fa- repeating dad when I was five. Mm-hmm. I got baptized at First Baptist Church of Arnold by um, Chuck Moeller. Chuck, Chuck Moeller, yeah. Yeah, I still remember him and their, their family. And um, then I was like happy because I was doing it because dad asked me, do you want to do this? It seemed like a good thing, so I did it. And then when I was like eight in Victory Street – I was, like, hearing more of the actually understanding the gospel and about hell. And I was, like, scared, kind of. I'm, like, I'm not sure if I'm really saved. And I tried to pray more and, like, to actually be saved. Um, And I was, like, well, I think I'm maybe I'm saved. I tried really hard when I prayed. And then when I was a teenager, I was, like, realized I'm not saved. I'm just living for myself. And it was when I was um, 18 that I was mm-hmm. actually saved where I actually prayed and asked God because I couldn't love God and I was like in order to be a Christian I have to love God I feel like I just have a hard heart that knows everything and doesn't care so God if you're real then um, you have to mm-hmm. make me love you and if you are real then you have to show me if you're the true God then you, you can do that you can change my heart and you can show me that you're real. And so I like prayed that same prayer for like two weeks (laughs) every, every day. And that's when I started following the Lord.
1: Very cool. Well, like I said, I was saved in 2010. Um, I remember growing up hearing Jenny talk about how light she felt when she like started following the Lord. I remember like wanting that. I remember being afraid of hell. I remember praying several times. Um, but in my tween years, I guess like 11, 12, uh, especially, I got very rebellious, very much craved the world and a relationship and just all of the pleasures that looked like they were out there. Um, right after I turned 14, I um, had a nightmare, <laughs> nice and dramatic, I guess. I had a nightmare that the world was ending I was in my living room. I saw stars falling and exploding. I looked up and the ceiling was black. And I knew that I had pitted myself against God, that I had been given every opportunity to give my life to him and had just utterly rejected him, and um, that I had made myself the enemy of the creator (laughs) of the universe, and now uh, all the things that I wanted were literally exploding. And um, so that was terrifying. Uh, The rest of the dream is a bit hazy. I do remember, though, following Billy around because uh, I think that was the strongest thing that I thought I could hold on to. Uh, But I also knew in my mind that, like, Billy was safe. He was fine. You know, he was he was following God. Um, But I was not. And I, I was going to be left estranged from God and that I had done that to myself. Um, so when I woke up, I remember the next day just being so torn up about my decisions. (laughs) Like I've, I've made really poor decisions in my life. And, uh, and this is what I'm left with. This is my lot now. And it wasn't until that evening that I was like, well, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And there's no if, ands, buts, you know, it's just kind of like whoever. And, um, I remember kind of, like, well, Lord, you said it, like, maybe you didn't think that I would like, hold it against you. But you said that I could turn to you now, even though I've, I've had every opportunity before now, and I, I really don't deserve any of it. But I was ready to relinquish control of my life, just seeing what I had done with it and the choices I had made, and instead let him be in control of my life. Um, and that was a pretty, pretty great experience. Um I remember waking up the next day and just like wanting to love everybody and like being so happy and um and not realizing for a while that like that that grief and guilt and um stuff that had been there the day before was just was gone. So
0: that I want to share a cool story kind of to go along with that. So um our relationship at that point wasn't the best. We were uh, only two years apart and pretty, we had a lot of conflict between us, (laughs) but I had started praying. I feel like it was maybe um, a month or two before that, every single day for your salvation. And I was at camp that week. I was uh, volunteering, helping out at a camp. And And because Jenny had gone to camp,
1: my my sleepover birthday party that week had dissolved. Yeah, and it, it was had been not canceled. Happening. Yes. So in the time that I was preoccupied with my sin and contemplating my life situation, I really should have been partying with my children or my children friends, whatever. Um, but that didn't that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, and I felt horrible about that, and I thought you would hate me because. Um. It was my fault, basically, that it had gotten canceled, because I was gone, and I don't know why, but for some reason, our parents decided, well, since Jenny's gone, we're going to cancel it. And I thought, (laughs) well, this is going to help our relationship. She's going to hate me for this, and I was so
1: scared. This was
2: 2018?
0: 2010.
1: 2010. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry.
2: 2018. No, no. 2010. I I was thinking... Mm -hmm.
0: And so um, Whenever I heard that you and mom Were going to come pick me up From our friend's house to take me Mm -hmm. back home from the camp I was like so scared And then you like Walked in with a big smile on your face I'm like guess what And she had been asking people in the kitchen where she was working. Hey, pray for my sister; she really needs to be saved. Yes,
1: (laughs) yes, I have been asking prayer for you. And I remember Jenny start crying. She's like,
0: "I've been praying for you all week. I'm so happy. (laughs) Do you want a donut? (laughs) (laughs) I did not. Everybody was staring at me as I'm like have these. You know, I'm crying, and I am not an emotional person, and I hate attention. So, yes, that was my <laughs> T- my so trying much. to get people away from <laughs> looking at me.
2: Was that girls' week of camp
0: 2010?
2: I don't remember. Were you working at camp or yeah, being a camper? Yeah, I was working in She's the kitchen. Working. Okay, okay.
0: But I did that whenever I was old enough to be a camper anyway, so yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, crazy. crazy. You're next. Yeah.
3: Okay. So this fall... It'll be nine years since I was saved, so that was 2013, I think. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I was 10, and we were at family camp. Our whole church got together for the weekend and uh, went to camp, and they were just preaching in the evening, preaching in the morning, and just a lot of fun. Anyway, but up till that point, I thought I was like a great kid, and I mean... I was a pretty good kid. kid. (laughs) Uh, But I kind of thought, like, it was in my control to save myself whenever I wanted to. And I didn't really want to because I knew, like, if I got saved, I'd have to do everything for God and not for myself. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm doing pretty good right now. I'll just wait. And uh, I kind of, for some reason, since, like, my... Older siblings were Christians, except for Eddie and Johnny. I was like, I need to wait till they get saved, and then I'll get saved. But anyway, <laughs> I was pretty stupid. But <laughs> we were at camp, and uh, someone was preaching, and they were closing it out with a prayer. I don't remember what they were preaching on or what they were praying about, but I remember sitting there in the back of the chapel, and all of a sudden, God just revealed to me how— sinful i actually was and that i wasn't good and that hell was real and um that's where i would be going if i didn't give my life to him um but that was that was a really terrifying couple seconds because like i never thought i was bad before then all of a sudden i realized i'm really really bad and uh, it was really scared i was really scared and then just like a second later like, yes, this is all true. You are horrible. But also, like, God, Jesus came to the earth and died for me. And that was just as obvious as my sin was. Like, there wasn't any doubt about whether or not that was true or not. It was just, you're bad, but God still loves you. And so it wasn't really me being like, okay, yes, I want to take this Step I want to believe in Jesus. It was more of just like he died for me and he loves me, and that 's all I knew and yeah, so it was a very shocking, very shocking couple of seconds <laughs> and then uh, the prayer ended, and everybody kind of got up and left and I went and got Jenny because she was the one I was closest to, and uh yeah, anyway, so I went and told her first, and we went and talked in the prayer garden. I don't really remember what we talked about but (laughs) you kind of were calming so that was nice but yeah and then after that eventually i told mom and dad and we talked so yep
1: Hmm. very cool well let's talk about growing up in the jackson house and characteristics of our home life we could, we could start with the positive things and then maybe move into, like,
0: issues maybe that we had. But what were some of the best things about living in the Jackson house? One of my very favorite things that I'll always be grateful for was the family worship time. Even though it was early in the morning and I fell asleep a lot. And it was, yeah, in the moments... Right. I, I really struggled with it But I'm really really thankful for that mm-hmm. And just being able to sing Praises to God And start off our day Knowing That's why we're living
3: I'm really thankful for that I liked having a lot of siblings They all liked me yeah. <laughs> liked Everyone. Everyone
1: got along with Gracie cause She yeah, oh, no. she's very sweet
3: <laughs> I was still an introvert though But I liked my siblings I like to play by myself I would play pretend by myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah What comes to
1: mind, Billy?
2: Okay, po- positive characteristics yeah. of that Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, well, oh, the first thing that came to my mind too was family time, family mm-hmm. worship time. That's something we try to do mm-hmm. now.
0: Not only family. family worship time, but in the evenings, um, we did family time, and Dad would read to us story stories. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that was, my was awesome. Time of the day. For me, yeah,
2: I got, I feel like I got pretty quickly to where I didn't want to wait around for the story time. Like I would still be there and stuff, but like if it was a story, I really wanted. Then I'd read it anyway, read or ahead. or just find like a different story. I read a lot, so
0: yeah. Well, we were within walking distance of a library, which is awesome. okay.
2: Uh, yeah, so yeah. being homeschooled is mm-hmm. another aspect of our our family. We were all homeschooled, and um, we worked. I worked for Dad. I think a lot of us worked for Dad in the photography business somehow mm-hmm. or another. That's how I. Started with some of my skills, and I even remember being like nine or ten and going with him on like portrait shoots every once in a while, like to Botan- Missouri Botanical Garden. I remember I was nine because like I'm like carrying the bag or umbrella or whatever, and the people dad's taking pictures of are like, "How old are you?" I'm like nine. He's like, "You should just stay nine years old." I'm like thinking, that makes sense to me. <laughs> but I, <laughs> yeah. but anyway um so yeah being homeschooled mm-hmm. we had a this subdivision you know the village of jefferson so growing up is like our range of how far we allowed to go and explore on our bikes and stuff grew <laughs> and grew till we could like mm-hmm. explore the woods find the shortcut to the library all that stuff i remember finding all those things i don't know if you guys remember like Remember that? I remember exploring and
0: finding certain things. But yeah, like the, the pathway to the library, to, I thought it was go, always there.
2: Used to, we'd go all the way through Bayberry and we had oh. to only go with mom and dad if it was going to be a long walk. And then we found mm-hmm. that shortcut on accident one day. And then after that, not too long after that, we allowed to go to the library on our own. We'd go and check out like the max 14 books at a time <laughs> I, I would <laughs> and read them all and, yep. in a week or so mm-hmm. and then bring them back
0: oh i remember going <laughs> and playing the on the computers yeah. and having yeah, the librarians the help us with the math problems I remember, and stuff. I remember librarians be like you guys have to be quiet guys you have to be
1: guys you have to be quiet
2: <laughs> i got to the end of was it clue find was it clue finders what was it the one game it was it was like one. you get and mm-hmm. i would get to, i was getting to the end of fourth or fifth grade maybe fifth grade and a kid children's librarian had to come over and kept helping me with the spelling part and she <laughs> kept having to help me over and she was so nice they and were this, she's so like, patient she's like okay this is the last time i can help you for right now <laughs> it's like i could do all the different puzzles except for the spelling <laughs> <laughs> yeah I
0: I would always try to do the grade above what I was in because it looked cooler. Oh yeah, and then they would have to help me with the the multiplication and division. I got to
2: chemistry when the plants were like trying to take over the world. I don't know if that was in sixth grade or what. That's as far as I got, and I was just guessing at the chemical formulas. (laughs) I have no idea. Anyway, okay. What was your
1: favorite
3: part about? growing up
2: I, yeah,
1: I have fond memories of us walking to the library you guys take me i remember one time um i had a backpack full of books and a water bottle and it spilled in the backpack and like some of the books kind of got <laughs> water damaged i didn't know what to do i was so scared so i just turned them in and <laughs> didn't say anything especially one it was a cat book with a bunch of pictures of cats and it was really bad it was just all wrinkly and stuff but i turned it all in and like a week later when i came it had been my my birthday since then and they uh, gave me a gift for my birthday <laughs> it was the water damage book. Wow. <laughs>
2: That's great. I didn't did know that. Did they know it was you? <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't know it's her it so.
1: I didn't know sick. that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice of them.
2: We would win free we would win free books and system. stuff in the reading program. Yeah. yeah. I got you know, I, I don't remember what age I was. I got in the newspaper for reading yep. over hundred books in one summer or something like that. And I wasn't even first place in the reading program. But I was the only one, I think, that their moms weren't reading the books. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't know.
1: I appreciate a lot of the values that we had. I
0: appreciate yeah. that we didn't have a television and oh, yeah. that we, we were no kind TV. of forced to play together. And, and we weren't allowed in other... Kids' house for right. the most part so, so like we had to, to convince them all to fun. either come to our house or we had a field behind our house we uh. played sports all the time we couldn't
2: go in in people's homes that our parents didn't know and we were always meeting kids mm-hmm. so they would just come over and hang out at our house art mm-hmm. even but okay so that's something that's kind of weird because even when i was we were little little all the kids came mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even when they were not kids to play with. They would have well, tea mom parties and dad with mom. They always
0: had their you know they like they don't think that hospitality is really their gift, but they always had their doors open mm-hmm. to all the kids. And remember they used to make pizzas on like
2: every oh, Thursday yeah, night or something
0: and dad yeah. would do a they little pizza bible night story for a while. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's pretty I don't pretty remember amazing.
2: how did like Sam chiles and Nathan up the street. How did those people start coming? They were just randomly people coming over. That's a question for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't have mom answer right now, I guess. So. Anyway, but yeah, we always had kids come to our house.
1: Yeah, and we all really loved reading. That was really promoted in our house. Well, the
2: idea was we had we could not have a TV until right. everyone could read.
1: And then once everybody read, we still didn't get a TV because <laughs> we don't need it. then. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was out moving, well... I was older mm-hmm. by then. I don't know if I was moving out by the time Jimmy. Yeah, I was moving out by the time okay. Jimmy was reading. I think. Mm-hmm. So, because by the time I was twenty, he was five. Yeah. Oh wow.
1: I remember one time when we were all really young. Jimmy was like three or something like that. And we're like, can you believe by the time Jimmy's fifteen, Billy will be thirty? We're like, oh my gosh, that's so old. <laughs> Yeah. I remember when it happened, Jimmy turned 15 and Billy turned 30. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Billy's old. We're so old, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what were some things that would you you would say was a negative about the Jackson home? Or maybe you'd say things that you want to do differently in your own households, just mm. to put a positive spin on it.
2: Good question. I can question. start.
1: Oh. We were not very affectionate. Um, we had yeah. a lot of uh, great values, but being like touchy-feely oh. or huggy or anything like that oh, uh, definitely didn't really happen. Jimmy and Gracie, it was a lot more acceptable with them because they were little. But um, I remember thinking, thinking that that was sad, that I wish our family was more uh, Interesting.
2: You, know, more you were a little bit different.
0: Uh yes. But even for me, I remember like whenever I was going through like my thyroid problems and feeling tired and kind of sick all the time. And it was just like people like tiptoed around you and just left you alone and ignored you. It's like if you're feeling bad, you just sit in the corner until you get better and then you can be joined back into the family. <laughs> but
2: Yeah, Yeah. I've never. I guess I never really thought about that. Maybe I'm a little bit more that way. (laughs) For me, it's more culture.
1: (laughs) A lot of our family culture was definitely like Billy oriented. I think.
2: Um, Interesting. Yeah, we should talk about our siblings from our perspective a little Mm. bit because, like, okay, for for me. Like, um Let's talk about the ones that are not here right now. <laughs> no, no. Like, okay, so especially in the beginning years, I probably tended to try to, like, manipulate or domi- dominate, like, what happened. I think the activities a lot of times, especially mm-hmm. with sports, like wanting to mm-hmm. play sports. And so, like, yeah. Jenny was always, like, right there with me. We would do everything <laughs> together. Ruthie, like, would always go along to a point because she was competitive. Mm-hmm. But, like, she got to a certain age where – like, it was just no to everything. Like, if she saw it the way she saw it, okay. But otherwise, there was no changing her viewpoint. And that was because I would like, pushed her for so long as a kid. Like, do this, do this, do this, do this. You know? She
1: really wanted things to be fair. Yes. And so she felt like fairness it wasn't fair, she would not Fairness is huge for her. And that's
2: probably, I think that's, like, kickback against when it wasn't quite fair. Because fairness is... Important to me, except unless I'm trying to get someone to do what I want them to do, right? Or like <laughs> You're very my siblings. Good at manipulating people. I, I, think, to think I, what I, they I think you were also right. saying that you wanted yourself,
1: that what was fair was in your favor. <laughs> I think
2: like risk is the probably the yeah. best example of that as kids, right? Risk but anyway, and monopoly, I but remember it, But then we got, okay, so we got like Ruthie, Jenny, and then we got the Ellie. And we could never get her to do anything. Mm-mm. She zero yeah. sports, zero competitiveness. Well, <laughs> like yeah. All, well, all you, in her own world. When creativity. Ellie was
3: little, Jenny could get her to do stuff, but it was more
0: like playing girly stuff around the house. Like it wasn't like adventurous or sporty. Like we stuff. had lots Our, of yeah. we had
2: lots of kids, neighborhood kids, and that we could gil, we could start a game of whatever we the wanted point, with all the kids we had, yeah. but we could never get. Well, Ellie to play. <laughs> if
1: I played I was there to uh
2: what happened are you still plugged Am in I there yeah. Okay. okay. There we go. That's better.
1: Um, if I played, the point was to interact with people and talk with people to the point where you were like, stop goofing off, play the game. I was like, I did not enjoy it. Zero I did not want yeah. Competition. Competitiveness. Um, <laughs> and I also remember being very fiercely individualistic where I didn't want to be manipulated to be like other people. And so sometimes I would dig in my heels just because I wanted to feel like I was yeah. my own person.
0: Yeah. And I think
1: that caused a lot of um, probably tension. So,
0: one thing about our family, whether it's good or bad probably it could go both ways is that we were very proud to be jackson's yes uh, and i yes, think that was an were. exception for you because <laughs> yeah we were well like we, i mean we had a family history book oh, we could look back st- and see what um different family members did it, like jackson's to be we a jackson, jackson meant yeah. something so, yeah, we were very proud to be a Jackson. And you didn't fit into the Jackson uh, mold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I
1: slowly was giving up sports where I was like, now I don't play Ultimate Frisbee. Okay, I never liked uh, it. What now age I'm going- was
2: that? Because eventually you did start playing uh, more when you got older.
1: I don't remember. There was a
2: time where I remember... We could get a little bit older. Okay. And I started showing you a little bit about basketball and volleyball, but just one on one. It was just one on one. I'm like, look at your hands, Ellie. They're so big. They could, like, so play basketball and volleyball. <laughs>
1: okay. I remember some of that. But I do remember when, like, I was weeding off sports, kind of, I felt like one by one where I was like, I still liked volleyball or swimming. I still kind of enjoy those. But I remember, I, w- I said for a long time, I like everything, or I don't like anything but soccer, you know. We'll play soccer together. And I, I remember when I finally admitted, I don't like playing soccer. <laughs> and it felt like freeing for me um, yeah. because I had I'd been insisting for years that I liked playing soccer. And my sibling was like, no, you don't like playing it. And I was just like, no, I'll play soccer. Like, and then finally I was like, you know what, I don't like soccer. I don't like, I like watching you guys. I don't like playing it. Yeah. And it felt and like totally finally okay. being true to myself. It was like, uh, yeah, I'm finally honest. I and we were like probably
2: it. very judgmental about that. Yes. Yeah. We apologized. Sorry. <laughs> okay. We we did need you in our family. You're yes. good for you're good for our family. Aww, very you. good for our family. That's really sweet. Thanks. <laughs> so that the rest of us they become too proud <laughs> eventually. So and then we have Okay, so we've talked about the first four siblings, mm-hmm. right? And then we have Eddie. Eddie, Johnny. So I waited for eight years for a brother. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon got a as brother. you got
0: him, you dumped me.
2: <laughs> what? No, then I had, to, oh, then I had to wait like eight more years before I could even play anything with him. He was like, I finally have a brother. I'm like, it's going to take a long time before we can play basketball <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, it did take a long time, but now they're better than me at everything. Yeah. So, as far as sports go. Know. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, Eddie and Johnny are both kind of competitive and they definitely took on your love of sports really quickly. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So that's that's cool, but in a different in a different way. Yeah, Eddie is more
1: self-disciplined. Though. Johnny is mm. more like
2: passionate. Yeah. I would say. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. true. And by that time maybe I was learning a little bit more about not just using people, hopefully, mm-hmm. but actually doing things for their good, mm. and so it was really cool to see them getting better and everything. It's kind of, it was kinda of hard, like, them getting better than me, yeah. but by that time, <laughs> I was just older, and that's just what happens, okay, I guess. Okay, so
1: I remember being, being younger, playing soccer, or Ultimate Frisbee, or whatever, and you wanted to make sure I looked like I was prepared. Even if I was paying attention, if my body was not in position and ready, you'd like, get onto me, like, you're not playing hard enough, right? Well, a couple years ago, we were playing ultimate frisbee back out in the field. I was playing with you guys for some reason. And um, you you tried to make a new rule that when the frisbee gets caught... Everyone can. Everyone has to stop, and you can only take like three more steps or so something. until run. the... So you could only run when while the frisbee this? was thrown. You were trying to when, make a when? way. This was like a couple years this ago. Was
3: to the, this is when Julian and Cindy were here. Oh, okay.
2: You
1: tried to to adjust the rules so that you wouldn't have to run so much. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> who is this Billy? <laughs>
2: everyone was faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, okay, I hey. would have
1: loved a rule like that when I was little.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let, we were good at making, like, like rules, everything functioned. When, with, if, when you're competitive, everything functions off of rules. So we are always trying to make rules that make things fair and mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. And I was probably the one leading the charge. So I, like, you know, mm-hmm. if it works for me, it works for everyone. You know? mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, okay. Gracie. And Gracie. What about... From the younger Jackson's perspective, how do you see the siblings? The different siblings?
3: Um, I liked you guys. Uh, I didn't play sports with you, really. I played soccer sometime, but I didn't really like it mm-hmm. that much, I don't think. But I played by myself a lot. I played with Jimmy a lot. Me and Jimmy have always been buddies. We've always done stuff together. We still do stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really do much with you guys. I remember sometimes, like, wanting to go do fun stuff with you and not being able to because I was too little, and that was kind of sad, but, like, I understand it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was really fun going on walks with you guys, though, because ah. Billy and... Eddie would be riding unicycles and everybody has <laughs> basketballs, Diablos and yeah. juggy balls. We, cool. like we used to do,
2: do walks more yeah, like around, mm-hmm. just around the subdivision. Well, we had to go right? collect all
0: the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then whenever they saw our circus going down the, <laughs> the uh, yeah. road, yeah, they knew that we were headed down to the fields.
3: <laughs> that was always fun. And even like for years after. We used to go down afterwards. to the big fields. After mm-hmm. we
2: got so old, we instead of using this field mm-hmm. up here, we go down to mm-hmm. the bottom of the subdivision. Mm-hmm. Include more people.
1: Mm-hmm. Gracie was always like wanted to wanted everybody to be happy. She was very very empathetic. She did not like us to fight, and so we would try oh. not to fight around mm-hmm. her. I she was very like
3: protective of Jimmy,
1: too. Yes. Was, only Jimmy though. Yeah, but even us, like if we were tickling each other
3: and we stopped oh, were breathing because we were laughing so hard. I think that so was hard, just for Jimmy.
2: When we would, no, when we would wrestle, you, you would get mad. You would, yeah, you would like
3: cry anymore. if Billy and Eddie young, wrestled. When yeah. you were really young. Well, yeah. I remember sometimes like Eddie and Johnny would get onto each other and start fighting and it was like, didn't it seem happy fighting to me? I remember like at the table especially, people would get in fights and there was once... When Eddie and Johnny started wrestling at the table, and my I tables? picked up my glass and splashed it on them and walked out. <laughs> that's great. <laughs>
1: we did uh all eat our meals together growing mm-hmm. up. Oh yeah. That was mm-hmm.
2: a very That's that would be a characteristic of a house that we yeah. we had uh, the table mm-hmm. ha- got as big as it needed to be with Breakfast, benches lunch and everyone sat down and ate together. That was kind of a big deal. We even had mm-hmm. like Different things sometimes we would do at the yeah. table. <laughs> just for all appreciation together. Appreciation. <laughs> appreciation of the cook. <laughs> Should <laughs> yeah. we do it? <laughs> no, 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 we're not doing I'm it. Not sure. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, and the benches that we have here this is the table. Yeah, mm-hmm. this And this is the, the table benches. We, up. I, we had some restaurant benches for a while, and then I mm-hmm. made this last set of benches. Yeah, you yeah, did. They last up. a long time. Dad would make us work. Mm-hmm. That's a characteristic. Mm-hmm. Even work. I, and I think that was good.
0: We always had chores, like yeah. regular chores. And then also, yeah, just random
3: stuff that random he would make things. us work on. I, really, I learned
2: to clean. My chore was cleaning the bathroom for a long I time. I think that was all of our <laughs>
3: chores for a while. I remember there was a once we made this rule before we got up from the table, we had to say, may I please be excused? Mm-hmm. And that was like a new rule. And I did not want to say it and so I sat there for a long time. I think I sat there until you guys cleaned the kitchen. And then I was like, okay, we'll always get up clean the kitchen.
0: Well, I, I appreciate we kind of had a, a, a range of chores. Like I remember baking bread, um, um, making different meals, cleaning, laundry. You know, there was a, a wide range of chores that we had to do.
2: I cut the grass. Yeah, I had to learn eventually. Learned how to fix the vehicles.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember
2: working on the cars or and stuff. watching you. Oh, drywall! I drywalled the basement. That no, took forever.
0: I hate drywall. I yeah. understand what you went
2: through. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a little bit of drywall since then. I never liked drywall. <laughs> Mudding
0: and sand sanding, really.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. Putting yeah. up the sheetrock is not bad. Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway. So what about your life now? Do you think is connected to you your growing up experience?
0: Everything? I don't know how you can separate that um from you know, I, I don't think you can separate who you are from how you grew up. Do you see any like
1: um, characteristics of how you interact with people or your own family dynamic that you think was kind of adopted from like anything specifically. I, I or just don't, all
0: of it. <laughs> all of it. I mean how you we grow try up, to have definitely. family
2: time each yeah. day, but yeah. at the moment we're still in like the more flexible stage for while we were doing in the evening. I think most recently we were doing in the morning again. Now we're traveling. It's just like any time of the day where we can sit down. We have very simple Mm -hmm. family time right now. Um, Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff that's hard to uh, realize just how much Mm. uh, interact. Well, I can see the differences between the Webbers and the Jackson family. You know, the Webbers are big on tradition Mm -hmm. and birthdays and all that. Like the Jacksons. (laughs) You might get a cake. And once there's so many of us, it's like All the days are holidays and birthdays are. Three years ago,
1: we were all at Grandma and Grandpa's church, and it's a little old, you know, country church that we were at. And they go, "Any birthdays or anniversaries this week?" And we all collectively realized it was Johnny's birthday, (laughs) and nobody had remembered. He's like,
0: "Oh, yeah, it's my birthday." (laughs)
2: Like,
0: man, we are bad
1: at this. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yeah, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like. It not having to make a big deal or not mm-hmm. make it a big thing. I mean, there's when there's a lot yeah. of people, it's harder to do. It's
1: yeah. probably a strength and a weakness. I remember growing up kind of wishing that it
2: birthdays were a bigger deal. My birthdays were always a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, being at the beginning, I used to have, like, normal birthdays. Like, friends come over. Like, the normal kid birthday, right? And then um, once... You know, and then some of, like Ruth, he probably did a little bit. And then once we got to Jenny and Ellie, it's like, well, we got to kind of think of new ways to do this because and there's so many kids. I remember you
0: know? different birthdays that we all did have, but it wasn't like a yearly thing. Like every birthday you didn't get like a birthday party. Right. But Like
2: eventually it was like you could have like a sleepover with a friend a lot of times. That's what we're doing now. So this was actually Sarah's idea, but she's like, okay, so. When you turn 5, when you turn, I don't know if it's 10 or 11, but she has picked certain years where you can have a birthday party. The other Mm -hmm. years, you get to invite one friend over and have a special day. So that's her plan. I like that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so when you were a kid, how did you think life would turn out, and how is that differently Mm -hmm. than where you are now?
0: (laughs) I thought
2: I would be in the jungles of Africa as a missionary. said
1: she would never marry
0: (laughs) I was not gonna marry
1: That was
2: that was that was my plan too. Except I didn't know Africa. But I was well, gonna I, just not be get married and be a uh, be a it missionary. Changed a
0: lot. I was going to China, then India, then Africa, then I
2: South just wanted America. to go everywhere eventually. But that wasn't when I was a kid. When I was a kid that was more you. For me, that wasn't my idea From until I From seven later. years
0: old until I was about 18 or 19, mm. that was my plan for life. Mm-hmm.
2: I think I wanted to do sports more for mm-hmm. a while, but I never did, like, being homeschooled, I never, like, mm. focused in on any one sport, you know? It was just, like, doing different sports and stuff. So, and we did umpiring. We all did umpiring mm-hmm. for a while, right? But I didn't have a lot of, you know, like... A lot of kids say what they want to be when they grow up. Mm-hmm. I was always like searching, even to when I got to 17 and 18. Dad was having me like interview different people at church, like like who are doing good in their and their work in their field, because I'm like I don't know what to do. I don't. I like photography, but I didn't want to be a wedding photographer, um, like for my mm-hmm. life, you know. So
1: what about like the person you've become? Is that who oh. you thought you would be?
2: I thought it would be more fun, <laughs> especially with kids and kids mm-hmm. wear you out.
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember growing up, I think, uh, a characteristic of my childhood was not feeling seen. And that was probably something that, that kind of bugged me for a long time. So I remember like really wanting notoriety, wanting to be, you know, a famous actress or singer or, or artist or something like that. And just like wanting to know everybody, wanting everybody to know me, and um, I think that drove a lot of my extroversion, and I imagine that I would have been a more ambitious, like, go-getter kind of adult, and it's been really interesting to me to see as I, I think I've healed and kind of grown more confident in myself to just, like, I really, really cared about what people thought of me. Like mm. that, I really, and I remember feeling like it was just crippling. And I remember reading books mm. about like, how do, how do I stop caring what people think about me? Mm. And uh, it's been really interesting to me to see some of that just like kind
0: of drop off. And Did that change once you were saved? Or is that just from maturity growing up? Um,
1: yes and yes. Uh, I think a lot of it was actually getting into a relationship with Johnny And even before I was married, just feeling like, okay, like I've, I've reached some kind of standard in my mind, or maybe I was just more confident in myself. So it didn't matter so much what people thought of me Mm -hmm. and just like, um, not needing to seek out validation so much. So in that way, I feel like I've just become way more steady and I did not know that was a possible person for me to become. Uh, So that has surprised me. More comments Um Well um, hmm. I think we kind of covered Some of these prompts And Is there anything else we, we want to talk about
2: Well we could We could talk forever Or well, I mm-hmm. could at least yeah. but <laughs>
0: I, don't yep. I don't know if don't When you think of like a
1: classic <laughs> Jackson lore story What do you think of The lore boat. story
0: Go ahead What Oh. Um, we went out on the
3: boat.
1: <laughs> Once upon a time, storm, grandpa oh. rented two pontoon boats and he was not going to be <laughs> skimmed of his money well spent. And there was a storm approaching and all the boats were coming in and we were going out. <laughs> and they're like, hey. On the lake. They're, yeah, on a lake. Um, everybody's like, hey, you should probably go in and wait this one out. And we were not going to wait.
2: <laughs> what so, did that, crazy? Uh, uh, you remembered that. What What did that feel like for you?
3: Yeah, because you were one of the little ones. Uh, I mean, I was a little bit scared just because, like, the lightning was striking so close.
2: It struck the water, like, yeah. 20 feet
0: the
1: scariest from part the boat. for me I would say was or 30. It was two different right boats. There. And so I didn't know how people were doing on the other boat. I remember too. William and Mariposa were on the other boat. And I the whole time I was thinking about them, I was like, they have got to be so scared and so... Lit. Um, but they ended up doing like way better than, all of
2: well, roommates. they were underneath a towel because the rain was hurting.
1: Yeah. The rain, <laughs> yeah, the rain was going sideways and <laughs> I took off my, uh, life jacket and put it, which in a storm, maybe not smart, but I put it around Amelia and was like holding on to her cause it was like painful. It was
2: hurting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think grandpa, you guys were in grandpa's boat. Cause I think we were in the, uh, I was I, in the other boat from grandpa a... and like we were going around Uncle in Jeff's circles. Boat.
1: Yeah. Uncle Jeff's boat. <laughs>
2: Yeah. we were going around in circles we like what are we doing why are we going in so we couldn't you could see, you couldn't see. see. <laughs> see anything. like eddie yeah.
0: and i were in the front in the rain and it hurt Trying so bad but the the i was like boat. i have to stay here because if a boat appears right in front of us i gotta warn the, <laughs> the driver who is you know farther back in the boat so yeah i was like i remember <laughs> dad uncle jeff and aunt cindy were so funny! They were just
1: like having a time. Dad goes, "I watched a show about this once. It's called Gilligan's Island." <laughs> and, and Anthony goes, "How's a vacation time for this?" <laughs> and Uncle Jeff's like, "I'm glad we all wore sunscreen." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, okay. So we're gonna do stories like that, like with the whole Jackson clan. Uh, you know, we used to go on hay rides. Oh, right. Yes. And so you would get pulled along by the tractor, and you got a trailer going along, and all the whole clan is in the trailer, and we're taking off, going down the uh, going down the little lane out into the field, and all of a sudden, and I'm like, I was like, get, like laying down in the thing, and all of a sudden, I hear everyone gas and I Look up, and the <laughs> tractor's like. 30, 40 feet that way, and we're flying towards the creek <laughs> where there's a little drop off. And like, I'm, I'm Uncle uh, Fred stands up and starts, like, getting ready to start throwing kids out of the trailer. <laughs> and like, right just a few feet before the creek, it like slowed down and the nose came down and stopped. But, and Grant, we were like yelling at Grandpa, and he's just like, diving away. <laughs>
1: One time he uh, got the hayride ride all ready and it was nighttime and he goes, We're gonna go on a haunted, you know, spooky oh, yeah. hayride because we have no headlights and so I'm using a flashlight. <laughs> so he took us all out into the field. There was no moon that night and no clouds. There were so and many stars. Off the light, right off
2: the motor. And
1: we all just sat there listening to the coyotes and like watching the stars. And then we start <laughs> we heard this voice. <laughs> <laughs> and from a,
0: a boombox that he brought, he said, I'm gonna, you know, eat your toes, and I'm gonna.
2: That <laughs> even... <laughs> was a crazy voice. It was not I would scary. Not, I would not believe roaring. it was, it was uh, Grandpa at first, right? Yeah. Grandpa. <laughs> I would not believe it was his voice at but first. The
0: Gracie
1: started crying. Oh, yeah, yeah turn right. it off. The
2: little kids were <laughs> start crying. Yeah, and yeah. Grandma was like, "Turn it off, Dill." <laughs> Dill, turn that off. That was
0: really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that that's your haunted hayride. That's not in the least bit scary. But it's I guess hilarious. for once it was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> were there any
0: people when you were growing up that were like really significant
3: or mm. impactful
0: in your life? Grandma Jackson. Mm. I remember thinking, I want to be just like her. Aww. Like, yeah, she was... Always having people over and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, very kind, sweet, never had anything harsh to say. Yes.
2: Okay, for me, there were two, um, like, two different transition times in my life growing up. One was, you know, from Arnold to Rockport and going from being, like, a loner with one friend to being, having, like, everyone be my friend. And Billy loving was yeah. very, um, well, I like, was instrumental in that because you know, I'm like 12, 13, he says, you know, once in the afternoon, he's like, do you know how to play ping pong? I'm like, no. He's like, well, here, I'll show you. And so that's when I started playing ping pong and uh, playing basketball and like more, you know, with adults and like older people mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, with, because at Rockport, the adults would play with the kids yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if that happens much anymore. That needs to happen. I did that. OK, so anyway. OK, so um, and then whenever later in my teen years, it was Aaron Sutton mm-hmm. because uh, and that was in 2000, 2008, 9, 10, 11. Those were big, big years for me because um, I, I wanted Eddie to be able to go to Bates Creek. So I said, I asked Aaron if I could be a cabin leader so that um, because that was like the only way Eddie was going to get to Bates Creek because Rockport didn't really do it that much, but Aaron was directing it. So, um, and he's like, well, actually, I need uh, staff. Um, we'll find someone to be the <laughs> cabin leader. How about you come and work? Can you work for me? And that's when I started working at Bates Creek and then became a Solemn 67 intern and went, to, um, went on mission trips and stuff. So he, he's he been a mentor and was definitely uh, big in those years. And, and then eventually, you know, actually getting to know Sarah on mm-hmm. mission trips um, and things like that. So uh, he was a you big know, person in my life at, during that time. Yeah,
0: yeah that's really cool. Um, we kind of mentioned about changing churches, but uh, another person was Pastor Scott. Um, I remember... Well, at our at our first church, it was a really big church. They had great kid programs. And the only time I was actually in um, the regular service would be on Sunday night. And I just automatically went straight to sleep. And I'm sure I could have gleaned a lot from <laughs> listening to his sermons, but I didn't. But I remember whenever we were visiting Rockport... And I started listening to Pastor Scott preach, and I was just blown away that I could understand him. I was like, oh, I can understand what he's talking about, and I could actually keep up with his, uh, his sermon. And I remember just being blown away by that, thinking, kids aren't supposed to be able to understand this. <laughs> and it, it was really at that point that I started actually growing in my spiritual life. And hmm.
2: Yeah. What about for you guys Gracie, Ellie, instrumental people, or made it? In- I
3: didn't really have any great, like, I didn't really have any people that, I, like, older people that I was like, oh, I like them, I wanna be like them, or anything. Except all for Jenny. your siblings? <laughs> <laughs> I followed Jenny around everywhere. She kind of taught me how to clean and draw and all that stuff. Mm hmm.
1: I remember just like individual people or incidents um, where it really seemed like an adult saw me, paid attention to me, talked with me as if like, you know, I was a friend um, mm-hmm. and those really like I remember that a lot um, and I know like um, later on Mrs. Coates was a huge mentor and mm-hmm. inspiration for me and um, I think at Rockport we had a lot of really good role models, mm-hmm. um, even if we weren't, you know, necessarily um, connected or interacting.
0: Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really, really grateful for all the people in our life that, you know, took the time to have that conversation. Just, a, you know, a conversation with a little kid who, you know, yeah. I. <laughs> like a lot of times me personally I just pass up kids a lot and yeah I've and I that. really hate that because whenever I was that young and people had a conversation with me I said I will always be like that yeah. I will always talk with the kids you that's, know
2: that's what I meant when I said earlier like I thought it'd be more fun yeah. like more like a kids person mm-hmm. I gotta Some work of on those that.
0: people I remember
1: was like way early on Walt Frederick he would sit in the pew in front of us and he he told me, you know, you're an artist. You draw. That, that's what artists do. <laughs> like, wow.
0: <laughs> Aunt, Aunt like, Ruth and Uncle Dwayne. Yes,
1: Aunt Ruth and Uncle Dwayne. Um, they were
0: they were our aunts <laughs> and uncle, but they were the aunt and uncle of the church and yeah. just took the time to i remember jim and carol Struby yeah. being mm-hmm. like really
1: attentive and um there was that fellow james richie spent a day with us and i still uh, i was, remember him cool for so long because he was just so fun and like played with us
0: and um yeah yeah i remember different instances people like that So people listening, take the time to talk to kids.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I
1: really want to more and just like,
0: yeah, take interest
1: in their lives
0: and where they are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because all my, when you, when you talk with a kid, their world is so small that like the things that are important to them are so insignificant, but that's where they are. That's their world. And so like to try to enter into that does take some intentionality and effort Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. really care about the things that matter to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just realized, uh, we didn't t- really talk about Jimmy much, but he Jimmy. was the youngest sibling in our family. We kind of have a Gracie represent him, but, um, G- Jimmy was definitely a, a presence in our family. He was always very, uh, imaginative, talkative, he kept things fun. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was probably around two or three. And I remember there was a week and within that week he started talking to everybody around him he mm. could talk before then but he just started and so one week we were at church and he was just like his own quiet self and then the next week he was talking to everybody <laughs> i remember mr Beam being like wow he's like really talking to people and, and like, you just start like, talking like, yeah and not and stop, not stop. <laughs> and not stop. Stop. Never he has stop. all these things and he would go in the backyard and just like
0: play talk by himself, himself and
1: just like his whole world. Him just, you know, we would have like, to
0: apologize whenever guests came over and we're like, you don't <laughs> have to listen to him if you don't <laughs> well,
1: want to. When Billy ideas, and Sarah dude. were dating and Jimmy always wanted to sit next to Sarah in the car and just like talk her ear off
2: talk the whole time. Talk, you yeah. would not stop. She, she was so like, sweet. Uh-huh, so uh uh-huh. nice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, I feel like we kind of, over we kind of messed up with that a little bit
0: yeah we suppressed it
1: well he eventually became much more self-conscious and (laughs) and socially aware but we probably didn't help that that was yes yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, might
0: have been
3: our fault
1: (laughs) i think jimmy's a cool person
3: i think it's kind of funny because how me and jimmy like we're always together and always doing the same thing and we, we basically had the same childhood. And I look back on my childhood, like, as a, it was a really good childhood. It was really healthy. I have very fond memories. I loved being a kid. And Jimmy, he just recently has told me, well, I guess a few months ago, that he did not like his childhood at all. He's like, I was like, we had the same childhood. He's like, but I did not like it. Like, I didn't enjoy being a kid. He said he made life miserable for himself.
0: Is it because he wanted to be grown
3: up or I don't know. He just said he was really stupid and made really bad decisions. <laughs> I'm like, "Well, we all did." But I don't know. I find it funny. We had the same childhood, but like we and yesterday we were just talking about it. Like, I forget what it was, but I oh, I said I really liked it when we turned on Toby Mac when we were doing the dishes. Like, I remember just having so much fun listening to Toby Mac. And so now I like Toby Mac. And he's like, I hated Toby Mac because we listened to it all the time and every time we turned it on, people would go crazy. And now I don't like Toby Mac. I'm like, this is why we have different childhood memories. Weird. (laughs) Interesting.
0: I think he was always smarter than it when seemed like his, his age no oh no well i always thought he was crazy smart mm-hmm. and i was always like he's gonna grow up to be like this crazy smart person but i wonder if maybe that put pressure on him to act older than he was or something like that. i remember arguing with him about cats a long <laughs> time
1: he was I very do. stubborn <laughs> yeah. Um, he still loves his cats. I also feel like me and Jenny and Ruthie had a lot of the same experience growing up, but I was, I made myself very unhappy. I, yeah. Yeah. A lot of it I did to myself. Some of it was just like feeling lonely, but, um, so I, I, remember- I kind of relate to that too. Just like everybody's so happy and this sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I remember yeah. feeling sad that I would have to grow up.
1: Yeah. Aww. See, I think
2: me and Jenny were on the same page there. It's like when people tell me, don't grow old. It's like, that makes sense, but I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. I could not wait to grow up and get my own house. That's funny for, how different people while, are different. It got better toward like for a while. I think I did not have good relationships with mom or dad. And I was much more rebellious than my siblings, and I would, like... But later on, it got to where I could talk with Dad and negotiate with Dad. But that was kind of mid to early, or late teens, you know, where I got to where he was... Respecting we my could never negotiate with Dad. And, mm-hmm. Right. You were the first,
2: first I think, well, that got to that point.
1: <laughs> for a while, it caused a bunch of contention. I think after I was saved, I watched God really repair my relationship with Dad to the point where I never thought we would be. And then when I turned 18 and I asked him to get me a purity ring, that was, like, huge because... Before I was saved, my plan was as soon as I turn 18, I'm leaving and I'm never, never coming back. You know, like um, I was really angry with dad and all the rules and and stuff that he placed on us. Um, So Mm -hmm. by the time I was 18, it seemed like that had really repaired. And then now, you know, dad and I just really enjoy talking together.
2: I think this happens in every family, especially when there's lots of kids. Like the manner of parenting changes a little bit from the first kid. (laughs) Probably. First three kids to the last few kids. But I
1: remember Jenny and Ruthie, they'd be told, no, you can't do this. Or yes, or you have to do this or whatever. And they would be like kind of sad and they'd just obey. I'd be told, you, you can't do this. Secret. And I'd be like, but here's all the reasons why I should be able to. And I would like kind of argue with dad and sometimes it would end in tears. But a lot of times I think I got my needs met by, like, negotiating with with dad and, like, kind of pushing back and, like, insisting, no, I need to see my friends, you know? (laughs) Um, So I think there was some, I think part of that helped our relationship to grow because I didn't have any resentment or bitterness because I mm. was kind of getting, getting some of those needs. And, that. Yeah, was and always... dad started listening and I really appreciated that he was kind of treating me like an adult and letting me make some of my own decisions. Uh, especially if I could explain my reasoning
0: to mm. him, he was very respectful of that. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I do have, <laughs> 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 I felt uh, definitely in my later later teenage years like ruthie and i we were ready to move out like so many times like we're like as soon as we can afford it we're gonna get a house together and move out and that was like (laughs) later you know whenever we were older Mm -hmm. and i feel like we were we didn't like the restrictions
3: put on us since we thought we were adults
2: we did have a lot of restrictions compared to some Some people. Mm -hmm. I
3: remember you guys talking about wanting to move out together and I was so sad. I one one day I went to my closet and just cried for a long
2: time. And where where did Ruthie move? (laughs) Next Next door. Oh
0: Uh, Yeah. Man. You guys are in Texas. But besides that, I feel like I'm so far away compared to everybody else. Like, they're all right. So we Johnny just
2: of... moved to Pevely the <laughs> <Yeah>. next town <laughs> the over. Next... <laughs> no, it's really nice that, okay, so we're in Texas. We're kind of like, not the rebels, but the people out there, right? But when we come to town, we can see everyone <laughs> yeah. without having to leave one area. That's really nice.
1: So we grew up with a lot of restrictions compared yes. to a lot of families. Yes. yes. Um. In what ways was that good, in what ways was that bad? Um, do you have any perspective now thinking like because i me, especially looking back to before I was saved dad 's rules kept me from so much crap that I would have done to myself just as far as oh. getting in with the wrong crowd, and like we weren't even allowed to we weren't allowed to go into neighbors' houses we weren't allowed mm-hmm. to. Uh, watch TV. We weren't allowed to uh, like our our books. My books at that time, I had to ask Dad before mm-hmm. right. I read any books, books from the and library I, had mm-hmm. to be pre approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, That's why uh, we and did music. Series. we didn't listen. <laughs> Actually, I I bought an MP3 player and started listening to secular music, and it just like clouded all of my thinking. Like uh, my whole, uh, I I felt like it just.
2: There was I do There was a certain yeah. stage for me as well with, mm-hmm. with that, like something like that, only with the radio, you know, secular yeah. music.
0: Yeah. So I think it was really hard, especially those rules that you didn't understand, like being able to go to youth events from church, mm-hmm. you know, thinking why this, mm-hmm. is, this is people from church, it should be okay, and not understanding. Those were the hardest, mm-hmm. but I don't think it hurt any of us. Like in the long run... I don't. There's nothing that I really. It was hard to hear no so much. Yes. Yeah. 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 It felt like all the time. I do think when we were younger,
1: Dad felt like it was his primary role to keep us out of trouble and, and to catch mm-hmm. us if we were doing things bad.
2: And saying and saying no was a right. good thing.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that is necessary. It also needs to come with a lot of positive <laughs> encouragement and positive mm-hmm. interactions mm-hmm. and I think some of that was missing when we were
2: really young we went camping when I was little oh, I, I used yeah. to like camp trip camping mm-hmm. trips yes. and then I used to get to I went backpack hiking with dad yeah. for a little while um, mm-hmm. through a phase that was really cool
0: I think I think part of it um, especially as I was older, like in my older teens. Dad kind of got on this kick of like wanting to do family stuff all the time. If our mm-hmm. whole family wasn't invited, then we weren't
1: going. Right? There was. And a, I that remember a time was really where it's
2: like we is like unless we're all going and doing it as a family. Because a lot of the things we would want to go do, which now I feel like after we left, then like from especially with Johnny, mm-hmm. Eddie, Johnny. Uh, mm-hmm. Gracie but then also like with you guys you could like go play volleyball <laughs> it felt like every night of the week or basketball they could just do whatever that was completely the opposite like where you could just because we were going and doing something on our own with friends and that right. wasn't the I goal I might
1: have had a hand of that too in just how much I pushed to be able to do my things with my friends well, and I, I remember like one time a week I could schedule on the calendar and let that know I'm going to my friend's house. I'm going wow. to spend the morning there, and
3: um, yeah, that, see, that we didn't really took get a lot that. Of yeah, pushing, but I'm eventually really glad and got... and so then, <laughs> that you guys all paved the way for me because there like, was well, not <laughs> those kind of rules, right? Because then,
2: doing. yeah, the youngest four siblings, but really youngest three, I feel like they had a lot more freedom to go and do stuff with friends, and kind of feels a little unfair sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's probably probably good. But I
0: don't think in the long run, I don't think that it really hurt us. I do appreciate a lot of
1: the stuff dad kept me from when I was very immature and (laughs) just yeah, like falling in with the wrong crowd or or dating and and stuff like that when I was really young.
0: I have a question (laughs) for you guys. Um was there a point in your life well uh it could be like after you were saved or whenever that you had to like rethink what you were taught your whole life. Because even though we did switch churches whenever we were pretty young, we grew up pretty much in the same church our whole life. And we were pretty much taught the same things. Dad was really good about um, not just giving us answers though. So I remember going to him with questions and he's like, well, what do you think? What, do, mm-hmm. what does the Bible say for you? Go study it. And I was really, I'm really thankful for that. But was there ever a time like, that you had to like stop and re-question like, everything that you were taught and just be like, what do I believe?
1: Yes. For me, that period happened when I was um, 16 into 17. <clears throat> and there was a period of about six months in which I was questioning the existence of God, the validity of the Bible. Um, and I felt as if if God existed, I think that I am, I am following him. Um, but have I tricked myself into thinking that I've had a spiritual experience um, when that is something? Basically, have I convinced myself of what I want to be true?
0: Hmm.
1: Um, because I I couldn't fathom fathom that my life would have no purpose, no plan, and that I was just here by accident. Like that to me was just awful. But because of that kind of existential threat, was I tr- like convincing myself that? god was real and that he had a special interest in my life um and after about i i do remember during that time we had gotten a fire pit and we're and i remember writing letters to dad and then us talking around that fire and there was a few weeks like every night we were around that fire pit Everyone would go inside and like I'd sit and talk with dad. Mm. And I really felt like that was providential. I had some great conversations with dad. Mm. And then after a couple of weeks, dad read something about smoke being bad for you every day. And so we stopped and I felt like, <laughs> oh, well, all the fire pit served its purpose and was there when we needed it. Um, but dad was very understanding. And I, I had been kind of afraid of his reaction if I said like, I'm not even sure about the existence of God, you know, but he, he really um, was gracious and understanding and shared his hope in, um, God and in his faith. And, um, that was really, um, really good for me at the end of that six months. I, something was brought to my memory from the beginning of that period on a mission trip when God had convicted me of a sin that was, I was no longer taking part in, but he had really convicted me that I needed to confess it to dad and to kind of take care of it and I had chosen not to. It wasn't something I was doing anymore. I was like, nah, I I just, you know, but um, I felt really convicted about it, and I purposely chose not to do anything. When I remember that at the end of the six months, I kind of thought, well, no wonder I feel like God is no longer with me. No wonder I am taking no more joy in the Bible. No wonder I've been uh, really questioning everything. If I have chosen sin over God and I really feel like I learned the separating nature of sin during mm. that, I still look back mm. on that when I'm tempted to, you know, given to concealing a sin or when I feel convicted about a sin and I, mm. I don't want to deal with it um, because of just how separated from God I felt during that time. Mm. And I did uh, repent of that sin, talk with dad Um, talk with the lord quite a bit about like wanting to um be connected with him you know and live my life um according to to his plan and his will um so during since, since then i've definitely continued to question be skeptical it's kind of always a running thought in my head of well what would this perspective say about that what would this perspective say you know and um So I I still have wrestled with the thought of, am I convincing myself of what I want to be true? But, um, really seeing the growth in my life and how I've increasingly, you know, been more and more connected with the Lord. I, it's been, that's been the most helpful thing uh, of anything. And Mm -hmm. while my Christian walk is not always super passionate or like it, like I thought it would be, um, it's always been very steady and a place where I can put my feet and build off of and it's given me a really firm foundation and just a huge desire to pass that on to my children mm-hmm. as far as like, where, where they can build their lives off of.
2: What about you guys? Um, for me... Um, not really like that. That more like okay when I because I, and I was saved later when I was eighteen, like mm-hmm. when I really started following mm-hmm. the Lord, and it was kind of that question like, Lord, if you're real, you're going to have to show me and you're going to have to change me, and um, and then there's been other like gut checks like that like, Lord, if you're real and this is what you want us to be doing you're going to have to provide mm-hmm. but not like i can and all, and there's a constant like growing and, you know and evaluating and things like you're saying mm-hmm. but there's not been like a time where it's like mm-hmm. wait what if everything that i've thought it's not not real i mean there is so more about... about like big decisions where it's like okay this is really going to happen lord you're going to have to do it you know
0: what about um doctrine and more, not that God is real and that he saved you, but more, okay. Um, you know, we were, grew grew up in a Southern Baptist church. So what, how do you know, like, is this the right teaching? Have you ever, uh, thought about that or?
1: I want to know, we, we kind of have to wrap up here soon, but I want to know Jenny, your, your experience.
0: Um, I I didn't have – I guess I had a moment um, in uh, my teen years where I was like, how do I know Christianity is the right choice? Like, I I felt like there's evidence for God, and there's, um, like, the world around us. I know I'm a sinner, but how do I know Christianity or what I've been taught is – the right, um, the right thing, and just kind of rethinking and ha- studying the scriptures for myself. But I've, I think that it's common in people that have grown up in a religion to have that that um, mm-hmm. that moment where they have to rethink things. I don't think that very many people just blindly follow for their whole life. Mm-hmm. And I still do um, in a lot of um, circumstances, like I go to an independent Baptist church now. So a lot of times there's just different questions that I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to study this for myself and figure out, you Mm -hmm. know, for this topic, what do I believe?
2: Mm -hmm. Our church isn't even Baptist. (gasps) Crazy. (laughs) All (laughs) right.
1: All right. I really enjoyed this conversation, <laughs> and I, I think every single one of my siblings has just turned out to be a really cool person that, like, even if I wasn't related to, I would be really happy to know them, and so that's kind of crazy to me to consider <coughs> how, uh, how much I didn't get along with my siblings growing
0: up and yeah. just how, how cool they are now and how happy I am to know them. I'm really thankful. I just want to say this um, in the podcast. So it will be on record. I am really thankful for mom and dad and their uh, diligence in life. Mom giving up, um, I know a lot of her hopes and dreams to have us kids and to raise us and to homeschool us. And um, dad being diligent and teaching. And so, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really thankful for our parents. <coughs> yeah.
2: All they right. did shape a lot of their lives around mm-hmm. family and taking care of us. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Thank you. It's been fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, thank you guys. All right. right. Adios.